shut up, you listen to my monkey mouth. As a companion, when you got pun on the canoe route, popped in a portal and got in a fight. Elias knocked him out. Bow, Marco fighting style. Bow, you will see he tapped out. Bow, we win, we get crowned. Monkey mouth, monkey mouth, monkey mouth, monkey mouth. Alrighty, Armchair Army, welcome back to Armchair Mixed Martial Arts. This is Joshua, as always, and today with me, I've got my first guest. Noe Lopez. I uh, play a little music. Uh, I've done some martial arts uh, in my late teens. I did it on, on and off for the past eh, 12, 13 years. I, uh, yeah, you could find me on social media, Instagram, uh, Noe Lopez, STX, that's N-O-E-L-O-E-P-Z. STX. All right. And then I've also got with me my sunny boy, Theo Dorby. No. Are you Theo? Oh, dude, no. I thought that was Hospital, man. Not kidding. <laughs> he's a whole, he's a whole two-year-old, a big old two-year-old. Uh, some extenuating family circumstances made <clears> it so <throat> that he had to be in studio tonight. And I don't miss. I had no way on the calendar, and there's no stopping UFC 280, and so we had to go ahead and get it going. So. Uh, before we dive too far off into 280, I did want to go over uh, a couple of the fight cards that happened before then, um, just to kind of keep my, my typical format going, if you'll bear with me for just a second. Mm -hmm. So the very first set of fights that happened after UFC 279, which was Nate Diaz, Tony Ferguson, that whole crazy fiasco, that whole crazy fiasco was uh, Corey Sandhagen versus Song Yadong, which was uh, a super fun fight. Corey Sandhagen managed to get it done. Uh, was a TKO between the 4th and the 5th. I believe the, uh, the doctor stopped it. Don't recall that right? Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we also had Gregory Rodriguez beat up Chidi Njukwai. Uh, and I'm a big RoboCop believer at this point. I actually picked against him on the on the podcast once and they look like a fool and so i'm not picking against him anymore uh the dude is a legitimate beast i got i got a pretty cool story about cheaty yeah yeah when i was younger like i was training mixed martial arts one of my training partners cheaty's first fight was against one of my old training partners oh wow yeah how neato cheaty cheaty won <laughs> cheaty kind of did he did he uh, did he how'd that he fight kind of go? fucked my old training partner up yeah, and Chidi was a kid. He was like 17 years old. And uh, George, if you're watching, I love you, buddy. But we uh, that, that fight's out there on the on the on the web. We know how that went. Hey, man, I would have lost that fight too. Fuck. Yeah, dude, <laughs> yeah I mean, um, the guys in the UFC now, he probably yeah. beats the ass out of 99 percent of people. Yeah, dude, cheese, bad motherfucker. His brother is uh, Anthony and Jaquani. Yeah. But yeah, um, it's funny because uh, my old trainers, they, they used to brag about like, hey, you know, we were just brought into this camp to help George with his conditioning. You know, it's like, yeah, but hey, I mean, he stuck it out. He took the ass with me. You know, that was us. It's gonna, it's like, motherfucker, like, he lost, you know. <laughs> it was rough to watch, but. Bro, yeah. people don't realize how vicious some of these ass whoopings are till you're in person, too. Yeah. Like, it's like, ooh. like online, and you're watching it on TV, you see these guys getting smacked, you know, the ground and pound on the ground. You're like, he could have kept eating shots. Bro, when you're there in real life and you and you hear that leather smacking off the side of their head, it's like, no, no, they don't need to take any more of them. That's yeah, violent. It's it's something, though, about, like, there's something visceral about seeing it, like, like the quality off, like, a phone. 
like a fucking like a camera phone like some that that's like what the footage is so it looks a little more like ooh you know it doesn't look like as like well produced like yeah like 60 60 frames a second yeah exactly it's a fucking little camera phone like god damn damn that looks bad nothing compares to being there though like for me forever yeah Yeah, yeah. i've been to a few fights live now and a a few like semi-pro and the the bottom rung of the pro circuit Mm -hmm. to where these guys know how to fight but the arena ain't necessarily packed so you get to be right there on top of it and man it can be It could be like painful to watch, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, be painful to watch. A little uncomfortable in the room. The fucking family sitting behind you. You're like, God oh, damn. Yeah, <laughs> man. One time, uh, shout out my buddy Dylan King, Killer King. Uh, he was fighting in Colorado, and uh, he beat the hell out of this dude. And me and my boys were going ape shit. And then turns out the guy who Dylan had beat up's family was literally right in front of us as we were going completely ape shit. <laughs> Same, I had a similar story. The guy who fought Chidi, George, he had a fight, and this one went a lot better. He won, and, like, didn't even realize that. I think the guy's family who he was fighting was either behind us or in front of us. And I remember yelling, yeah, fucking George, you know, like, uh, fucking take him down. I don't remember what the fuck I was yelling, you know. You like, rip his dick off. Yeah, nah, I was <laughs> Nah, I was, I might have been trying to, like shout like corner advice i mean i wasn't in this corner but we were like you know it's part of the of the, course the you're you're there you're amped you're you're, you're doing the whole thing <sighs> yeah it's like watch out he's going for a triangle <sighs> like the obvious statement the obvious like i'm fucking somebody yeah like you're helping him yeah while he's, he's like, like a third the way in a triangle choke he's like shut the fuck no no way i can't hear the corner yeah your stupid little voice <laughs> is cutting through a little too much but yeah and then us realizing dude i think that's the guy's family behind us and just be like, eh, fucking. It's like, hey, sorry I'm so enthusiastically supporting my friend. Yeah. That's a good win, by the way, though, for for Gregory to beat a, a cheaty man. Oh, like yeah. It's a, it's a big feather in his cap. Like, he's the the tests only get more legitimate for, for RoboCop from here. Yeah, that guy's. Do you know that motherfucker's only like 31? Uh, cheaty or RoboCop? RoboCop. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's, yeah, that sounds about right. He looks 40. Yeah, he definitely just that bald ass head, bro. He, I guess that's what it is. Definitely makes you look a lot older whenever you whenever you got the bald head. Very tan. Looks like a Cuban. But he's uh, Brazilian. So then the next set of fights uh that came after that was uh Mackenzie Dern versus <clears throat> Jan Zanon. How do you say that last name? I don't know, dude. I'm Mexican. And you know, also she's Asian, so I think that Zanon is her first name technically. Like it's the it's the one they keep I don't fucking know. It's like it's like Fedor Emelianenko. Is Emelianenko Fedor? Or Fyodor or whatever the way they pronounce it. Who knows? I'm going to call her Jan. <laughs> oh, and yeah. she definitely got the she definitely got a uh, surprising win. I cuz you know, ever since Mackenzie Dern uh that kiddo's going to mess with your drink. That's as long as you're cool, I'm cool. Okay. Um <laughs> but ever since Mackenzie Dern has had that kiddo of hers she has been not missing weight. She's been looking on top of the world. Her her, her physique has been on point. Her mm-hmm. grappling's been on point. Her takedowns were looking better. I was really thinking that she was going to be able to get some good takedowns. <clears throat> I thought that she was going to actually be able to get the fight to the ground. Yeah. Um, and if anything, be able to, you know, with her good jujitsu, be able to just march forward and fearlessly strike. <clears throat> and through some of that chaos, get the fight to the ground. And that just, that just moment never came, you know? Yeah, I, I heard a lot of people like make the argument that 
some of those like uh, rounds that she won could have been like a ten eight seven. I mean, yeah, like ten eight ten seven rounds. Are you talking about the in the yawn fight? Yeah. Oh, I didn't feel like any of them were that dominant. Okay, some people made that argument. Uh, yeah, man, you've got to like... you've got to be in my world. You got to be like really, really hurting. So we got to be like nearly finishing the fight. Like it needs to be a situation where you were saved by the bell, or something heroic happened and you managed to stay alive. But you've got to be you've got to be flying re- really close to the sun for for you to get a ten eight in my world. That's fair. A lot of people. I, I know. I just read a lot. Like people say that. They felt like she got robbed and blah blah blah, and it's like, oh well, you know, it doesn't fucking really matter. The you know the results are fucking in. This oh, you're saying that some of the rounds should have been ten eight for Dern. Yes. So Dern was definitely very dominant in her grappling when when it happened, but I, again, I never, whenever I watched it live, I didn't think there were any. I didn't think there was a single ten eight round in any in, in either direction. So what happened in the later rounds? Because I unfortunately I didn't catch that fight, but did she try to strike with Yun? Yeah. Well, so. Towards the end of the third round, it seemed as though the, the idea of getting a takedown for uh, McKenzie was pretty much out the window, right? Yeah. Like, Jan's takedown defense was really, really good. And uh, Jan was staying very technical in the striking, so she was never really overextending and never really getting herself put in situations where Dern could judo throw her. Like, there, there were no awkward situations where Dern was able to drag it to the ground. And any time Dern was going for a takedown, it was on Jan's terms, and so Jan okay. was defending them very effectively. And uh, yeah, it was it was it was clearly Jan's fight in my world. Like whenever I whenever it got to the decision, I was like, "Wow, Jan just won that fight." And so did, did, did none Dern of it make was the any... attempts to go for the takedowns, or did she try to like? So again, she she tried to do the takedowns early in the fight, and it just wasn't to a tremendous amount of success. Mm. And so, hey, why don't you why don't you go over there? And, and do that over there, so that way he'll he'll not be hitting the tripod. I don't mind if you walk past the camera. Yeah, it's a uh, <clears throat> it's, it's always so weird to me when you see these specialists all of a sudden try to like get outside of their like I get it, it's MMA and whatever, so they gotta like you know be well rounded. <clears throat> but dude, you know what you're good at. Like you know what you're good at. You know that like your bread and butter is grappling. Why try to strike with someone who is like kind of known for that shit? Now there's times when people have their success, you know and stuff and well i don't think that's necessarily what happened in this fight i feel like uh dern has always predominantly gotten her fights to the ground by just being able to march forward and strike because there's a there's a big advantage that you get whenever you're striking when you have the ability to know that like worst case scenario they take me down and then we're in my world you know what i'm saying son move around move um, and so, you know, you can march forward and throw big bombs because what's going to happen? I'm going to get off balance. They're going to take me down. And guess what? I'm going to put them in a triangle choke at that point. And so I think that she was able to rely on that marching forward and putting people in uncomfortable striking circumstances that people aren't used to being in because most yeah. people have to be considerate of going to the ground. Right. Whereas <laughs> if she put herself in an awkward position and the fight goes to the ground, she's now in her world. Right. So yeah. she was able to just use that as like a crutch to, to strike better and that's been enough until she's gotten to the top of the totem pole and again in her last couple of fights she'd managed to get some actual single leg takedowns so like i thought she was looking a lot better with her wrestling and just it just it just didn't all come together for her yon was yon was really good um she looked really good and then in that same card uh randy brown uh beat francisco trinaldo in a three-round decision which is trinaldo at welterweight uh yeah he oh, is shit he, he went is. up 
Yeah, uh, and he's like forty three or forty four. <clears throat> he's old. He's an old. He's an old head at this point. Yeah, because <clears throat> he was a lightweight, and he's yeah right. He I don't. Much, I, right? uh, I'm not. A, I can't. I can't quite recall exactly offhand. I do believe. Uh, did he fight it? He I, fought. Yeah, he I fought at lightweight. Because at one time I remember he fought. Uh, damn it! I can't remember the guy's name, but I know he fought at lightweight because I remember he fought. Um, um, uh, Vic. You you just remember him fighting down there? Yeah. Well, what's yeah yeah James Vic. There, James Vic. Yeah, he fought yeah. James Vic. Yeah, and James Vic was a fifty five or whatever. And then he, he went the up to to welterweight and got knocked the fuck out. Yeah, his and, his chin went in, his chin went at fifty five, then he went up to seventy, and his chin was super yeah. gone at that point. So I guess I got make the the jump too then. So uh, the the next card the next card was a uh, Grosso versus Arahujo. Is it? I always thought it was Araujo, but they were saying Araujo. Uh, Portuguese pronunciation is a little different from Spanish. Well, if well if that's Portuguese, then they shouldn't be pronouncing the R. It shouldn't be Araujo. It should be Araujo because the uh, the R makes the H. Yes, it's weird. So man. it's like I don't fucking know. <clears throat> it's like they don't say uh, Jose Aldo; they say Jose. Yeah, the J actually makes J, and yeah. the R makes the silent like the, the <clears throat> silent H, like the J does in Spanish. And yeah. so I had a I had a friend. Um, I say I had, a, I had an acquaintance whose last name was Araujo, and so that's how they they spread out. That's how they pronounce it in Spanish, and so that's how I was always called her. But either way, she didn't get the W. The night was Alexa Grosso's, and if I'm not mistaken, that was Alexa Grosso's. It was either her first main event. <clears throat> Or it was her first time actually making it to championship rounds in a main event. It was the first time she saw round four and five in yeah. the UFC, and she got the job done. So that's something to be super proud of. Oh, yeah. She's fucking... She's badass. I actually fan of her. She's real technical. Um, oh, Rajo, what's, what, what fight did she have prior to this one? Oh, she had a pretty big one. Uh, I ain't exactly sure offhand. I don't have those stats in front of me. All, all I have is the... I know I looked it up, too. I'm kind of curious. Let me take a look. Theodore, hey. Son, why don't you come up here? Come here. Son, come here. <clears throat> You're getting a little too riled up. Come here. Take oh, she beat Andrea Lee. I don't like her. I, I, I say I don't like her. I don't like that she hangs around people who have swastika tattoos. I think it's kind of fucking cool. Nah, I'm joking. Yeah, that's lame, <laughs> It's bro. pretty edgy, dude. Nah. Yeah, it's <laughs> real lame. Um, but, uh, man, in the co-main, uh, Jonathan Martinez looked like a world beater, bro. Oh. Did you watch his most recent set of fights? Damn it, bro. I'm getting put on the spot. I'm, I'm not. You didn't I'm, watch I'm him? looking like a casual right now, man. Fuck. It's now, okay. Dude, I know he, I know he, uh, like kicked the fuck out of, uh, So, bro, he had him beat at the end of the first. I can't believe that Herb Dean let it go to the second, to be really <laughs> yeah. frank. Uh, and he was throwing these vicious head kicks the whole time. <laughs> And it seemed like he didn't even care if they were going to land or not. He was just happy yeah. to bash Cub Swanson's elbows, right? Like, was just happy yeah. to take the gas out of his arms. And finally one got through, and it binked him, and he swarmed him. And he came out in the second, Cub did in the second round after surviving that big swarm. <sighs> and just, you could tell, he was hurt. He wasn't quite right. And, uh, and then he started catching him with the inside leg kicks to the lead leg. And it was bad. He hit him with like four real, real good ones in the second round. Yeah. And it, it, I mean, Cub fell to his back, and then uh, Martinez hit him a couple real hard times while he was on the ground, and the ref called it. And it was a good stoppage, bros. But the point is that Jonathan Martinez has arrived. Mm. Um, he looked really, really great. And also, Dusko Todorovic um, in his fight against Jordan Wright looked really, really good. Um, 
granted Jordan Wright, you know, his, I think that was actually literally the first time he'd ever gone to a second round in the UFC. So his gas tank was maybe a little bit suspect, but Mm -hmm. I know that uh, Jordan Wright looked like massively gassed in the second round and he had, he had won the first round. Uh, Dusko lost the first round, but Dusko managed to get on top of him, dropped just hellacious elbows on top of elbows and just ground and pounded him until the ref had to stop it. It was a good stoppage, uh, in my opinion, there as well. And so now that takes us up to uh, the actual namesake of this is we're doing a UFC 280 preview here. and We're just now getting to where we're even talking about UFC 280. And so, uh, wow, we've got, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but obviously the main event is Charles Oliveira and Islam Makachev. How do you see that one going? Um, <clears throat> Son, come here. I think in like um, an interesting stat between the two of them is that Oliver has pretty much finished every opponent he's fought, like in the past few fights, with the exception of um, Ferguson. He they went three rounds. He has. The, I don't think he's gone past three rounds, like in uh, <clears throat> in a few fights. And I can't remember the last time he went into championship rounds. Honestly, I don't think he ever has. <clears throat> I don't know that stat directly offhand, but I know that I know that they're both a little chinny, right? Like uh, Charles has definitely gotten clipped uh, and yeah. has definitely gotten knocked on his ass by at least the last three or four opponents that he's had. Yeah. And I know that Islam Makhachev has been actually knocked out in the UFC, and so they're both a little suspect. Lucas Martins. Yeah, and so. You know, wait, was it Lucas? I, I've, I'm not sure offhand, but I know that uh, Islam Makachev has been very <laughs> vocal in the in the media about how it, whenever, whenever he knocks down Charles Oliveira, he's going to follow him to the ground. You know, that's one thing that has has been happening is every time everybody's so worried about Dubronx's jujitsu and, and and attacking from the ground that they they aren't following him to the ground, and Islam thinks that yeah, they're not committing. Yeah, well, and again, you know, it's it's like the classic sambo versus jujitsu thing you know, i remember khabib wearing that shirt back in the day if sambo was easy they'd call it jujitsu yeah you know it's just it's one of those old old rivalries going down between just those two martial arts and and right. i and i do believe that islam is going to go to the ground with him i don't know necessarily how that's going to go uh i mean if you had to if you had to pick it how would you pick it <clears throat> if i had a bet it was your money oh. on the line Fuck, bro, that's a tough one. Just because, like, <sighs> shit, bro. Eight fights ago, I would have bet Makachev all day, you know. But just like lately, with the momentum that Dubronx has been carried, and a lot of people have had a tendency to just test his heart. Everyone's always like, he's given up, he's quit, he's folded, you know. Like whether, like, whatever it may be, like in his previous fights. Yeah. You know, he's definitely folded, but I mean, it's a fucking fight, bro. That was a long time ago. If you caught, if you caught him folding, when was the last time he lost? Uh, last fight that he lost was to Paul Felder, and it was elbows in full guard. He got caught in full guard, and, and fucking Paul Felder just bam, bam, bam. So that was some fights ago. Um, now what a lot of people don't even take into consideration is right now is um, I feel like um, Duke Bronx is like mind and body are at the right place now where back then he might have been you know he like he was fucking young dude he came into the ufc and he was like 20 21 or some shit he's definitely one of the younger guys whenever he came yeah. in yeah he's got almost like one of those uh 
<clears throat> Max Holloway type trajectories. You know what I'm saying? Where, he, where Max came in real young and got some big testament. Max Holloway fought Conor McGregor on the come up. Yeah, it was like you a know? third fight. I think of the yeah, promotion, something like that. He's so he's won a lot of good ones. He's like lost some. He's lost against fucking Daz Bermudis. Like you know, it's like he's lost against Poirier was his debut fight, and I remember watching Holloway fight him. But anyways, back to the. Um, yeah, so I mean, it just sucks because you, you see all these blemishes on on um, Oliveira's record, you know, and, and Makashev has the one that like flashed knockdown um, against the Brazilian. You know, he got caught with that crazy lead hook, um, and oh man, if I had to bet money on it, I think I'd go. I mean, and I might end up regretting this. I'd go Makashev only because he comes from a really good camp. Like they're not stupid. Like they're I, I do think because of their success, they watch footage, they watch video, they not to dismiss um what's his name? Um Oliver and Shoot the Box. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the, yeah. Is it is it Shoot a Box? Mm-hmm. Oh shit. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, but not to dismiss those guys and but like as if they don't do that. But it's like I don't know, man. Like they're both on a roll. They're both hot as fuck right now. And you know that a lot of times Oliver says he gets clipped because his eyesight is so fucking bad? He got his eyes fixed. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. I think he. I think he said his last fight was the first fight that he's been able to see. Oh. If I remember that correctly, <clears throat> I remember that being a quote. I remember <clears throat> Oliveira saying he's finally able to see. And that's also, I think, he said why he was uh, why he was hitting people better too, because he was able to see finally. He was able to actually see them and hit them. I think a lot of people are getting surprised by his fucking power, but the guy is not fucking small. No, he's big and he's not a twenty year old kid anymore. He's a thirty year old man. My thing you is, know, like, I, I think. I think it's going to be a firefight, and I think it's going to get crazy. And I think that with Dubronx in the shoot-to-box camp, knowing the way those guys train, how they hurt each other regularly, yeah, and like they go through practice scenarios where they are concussed. It's yeah. like, like <clears throat> the simplest way to put it, and I think that it does bad for their uh, for their road miles, right? Like, it's not going to translate to having a very long career, but it does translate to having a good one. And yeah. I, I just think that I just think that with the way that Oliveira trains and the way that he's used to being in those firefight type of circumstances, the way they train at shoot to box, yeah. I think that's going to be the difference. I think that when it comes right down to it, it's going to be fireworks and it can go either way and there's going to be a moment where they're both hurt and everything's crazy and someone's going to come out on top and that's going to be Oliveira because he's going to have the he's going to have a greater amount of practice time in those actual circumstances with the way that they train over in shoot the box. And I think that's going to be the difference. Yeah. Well, shit. I didn't realize it was a shooter box. That's right. It's like, who uh, thought those guys were still even doing it? They've been around for forever. Yeah, those guys. I mean, are that's like Shogun in them. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That's 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 way bad. That's OG OG camp. Yeah, that's uh. Unless I'm just heinously wrong, which I hope I'm not. I'm I think, certain. No, that, I think you might be right. I'm certain um, that I heard that. I mean, I've watched all the embeddeds and everything. I'm <laughs> certain that it's shoot the box. But uh, <sighs> yeah, I know the <clears throat> head coach was Javier Cordero for a long time. Then you had Vanderlei. You had Silva was in it for a while too. <clears throat> And then he went to Black House with Nogueira. And, but damn. Um, I'm trying to think of other things that might contribute to it. A lot of people have a, uh, what, what Javier Mendes, um, AKA's uh, head coach, he says that he thinks that Makashev is a better striker than than Habib because Habib would you know, try to stay well-rounded and well, stuff. Well, Habib was never really known as a striker. Well, I mean, to be fair, like, n- not a lot of those Dagestani guys are. 
you know, the, the, when you hear Dagestan, you're like, oh, fuck, a wrestler, great. Yeah, exactly. You know, Sambo. Um, but, yeah, no, 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 like, no, nah, Habib, I don't, I don't think he was ever really great until, honestly, until he went to AKA, until he started training with Javier Mendes. That's when you start actually seeing, like... That's when it all started to come together. Yeah. The, the, the martial arts started to mix more once he went to AKA, for yeah. sure. So, the, uh, the next fight on the card is Aljamain Sterling and TJ Dillashaw. Mm-hmm. That's a really fun fight, which, man, shout out to Aljamain Sterling. I'll be the first one to admit that I didn't think that he was going to win against Peter Yawn. I thought that Peter Yawn was whooping his ass in the first fight and that it was like a crazy weird thing that led to Peter Yawn getting that loss. And I thought that Peter Yawn was going to come in angry and was going to get the damn thing done in convincing fashion against Aljamain Sterling when they had that rematch. And Aljamain Sterling proved me wrong, so... Personally, I'm going to have to pick Aljamain Sterling. Anytime that guy's proved me wrong in, like, emphatic fashion, I tend to try and roll with those guys moving forward. Um, that and also, I feel like the win that TJ Dillashaw got over Corey Sandhagen that even has him on this trajectory right now is pretty fucking suspect. <clears throat> yeah. I feel like there was some bad judging where... So, th- there's, a, there's a thing in judging, right, where it's supposed to be <clears throat> that you don't even consider the other variables if there's a clear differentiation between the first variable right like if someone had the more effective striking and there's clearly someone who had the more effective striking then you don't even consider octagon control and aggression and all that other shit like that's all like if they both were equally as effective in their striking then who was the more aggressive guy who controlled the center of the octagon like that's how we're going to make those determinations. And I feel, and I even heard a podcast with Josh Thompson and uh, Big John McCarthy, who literally wrote the fucking rules, mm-hmm. um, picking this exact bone um, that the judges are considering these other things whenever they're not supposed to. It's only supposed to be considered if there isn't a clear winner based on the step before, yeah. right? Like they have that hierarchy of the rules. If you can look at that first step on the hierarchy and it's effective striking or grappling. If someone was the clear victor there, then it's done. You don't need to let none of that other shit needs to even get considered. Right. And so I feel like in the in the Corey Sandhagen fight, like you could fucking look at them. Corey Sandhagen didn't look like he got beat up, and TJ Dillashaw looked like he got his ass beat. Clearly, Corey Sandhagen had the more effective striking. Why does any of this other shit even need to get considered? And so uh, I felt like it was all real sus to start. And so I gotta go I gotta go Sterling on this one. How would you feel about it? I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think Sterling is Sam Hagen. He's he's gonna have to. Re- I feel like he's gonna have to like. Well, it's Sterling and Dillashaw, right? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> like. I don't think that Sterling can can do what Sam Hagen uh, can do, and I don't want to dismiss uh, Sterling's wrestling, but I feel like. I I feel like Dillashaw can neutralize that. Yeah, I, th- that's I think he's. Fair. I think he's the better striker of the two. That's probably fair. And uh, <clears throat> like, um, oh man, um, I can I think I can see Dillashaw knocking him out. Like I'm like, Jan is really not really known for us wrestling. You know, he's more of a striker. He's more like yeah. He's like he, uh, Jan is a Jan is a, a a master of sport and boxing in Russia. Oh, that's what it is. Okay, all right, all right. See, so yeah, that's. <clears throat> Most of his wins come by knocking people the fuck out what? and wearing See, them that's, down. That's Peter Young. We're talking about Aljamain Sterling and TJ Dillashaw right Right, now. right, right. But, um, but Peter like, Young's up next. Peter Young's fighting Sean oh, O'Malley, shit. which is okay. a fun fight. Let's, yeah, leave that to there. Um, as far as, like, uh, 
I feel the difference is going to be Dillashaw's wrestling and his striking. And I just feel like... What's his name? Sterling striking. It's just not up to par, man. His wrestling pretty fucking good. Obviously, look what he did to, like, Jan, you know? No one's ever really done that. Jan controlled him like that. But I feel Dillashaw's is enough to neutralize that. His grappling, like, he's going to be able to scramble out of that. You know? Dude, if, if it goes the same route and tries to just take his back and fucking back right him, throw, that's, fuck, bro, that piss me the fuck off. I'll be like, dude, like, I, I don't have respect for this guy. That's uh, that's what he said in his post. Uh, I saw he posted on social media. I'm flying out, getting ready to, getting ready to hug TJ Dillashaw's back for four for five rounds. Yeah, which uh, you know, I ain't gonna be. I'm not gonna be mad at him. Uh, I think it's a. I think it's a valid tactic. It's definitely not <clears> the <throat> most entertaining for me personally, but uh, you do what you got to do. Um, I don't think that he's gonna be able to just backpack TJ Dillashaw though. I think TJ Dillashaw is too good. His anti wrestling's too good. Um, and so I think that TJ Dillashaw is the more technical striker, but I think that Aljamain Sterling is the more free-flowing, creative guy in there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think you. that he'll throw in some spinning elbows and some flying knees yeah. and some weird spots. And TJ Dillashaw will probably, like, fight the more technical fight the whole time, <clears> right? <throat> but but the funk master is going to keep it funky. He's a funk master, you know? Huh. Okay. But yeah. so you think that... TJ Dillashaw is ultimately going to win the striking battle while they're standing, may even knock him out, and he's going to be able to negate Sterling's wrestling. Uh, that's also, also what I think if I had a bet on it. That's what I would go with. Yeah. Dude, I think if. I hate to like pause, but I, I got to take a piss. Go take a piss, bro. All right. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. We keep it going. I'm going I'm to keep talking about what I what I have going on. So. While he goes and uh, relieves himself, I, I think that Aljamain Sterling is definitely going to be able to 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 do what he wants in the wrestling department. I don't think it's going to necessarily be a walk in the park for him, but I definitely think that he's going to be able to get the back, which is kind of his his thing, right? He he takes the back in a, in a lot of fights with a lot of guys, and I think that this one's going to be no different. I don't know if he's necessarily going to be able to choke uh, T.J. Dillashaw out. I feel like T.J. Dillashaw's... Uh, submission defense is going to be good enough to hold up but i feel like aljamain sterling will probably be able to win three out of five rounds with his wrestling and taking the back and he'll he'll win a split decision you know or or a majority decision but it's going to be a decision probably i don't see him knocking out tj dillashaw i don't see and and if if he does submit tj dillashaw it's going to be a choke from the back and i would be quite surprised if tj dillashaw allowed himself to get choked just knowing the caliber of wrestler that he is so if i'm a gambling man right and i'm trying to be like what is the most probable outcome for this fight i would say it's probably going to be it's probably going to be a a decision win for aljamain sterling based on his effective grappling yeah that's what i think probably winds up happening uh and then the next fight on the card is Sean O'Malley versus Peter Yan. And this fight has a lot of hype on it. Uh, it's contrasting styles and contrasting personalities, right? Uh, Peter Yan is like a like stoic Russian granite chin, like Ivan Dragunov type of vibe. You know, very almost like mechanical in the way that he moves and functions and talks. And he's just very wound tight, 
wound tight would be the word that I would use to describe Peter Yarn. And then you have Sean O'Malley, who's literally this free-flowing, free-spirited, weed-smoking, podcasting, you know, modern American brosif versus this kind of traditional Russian manly man. Exactly. You've got this Russian Terminator versus this American goofball. And uh, it's a big moment for Sean O'Malley, right? Because Peter Yan has literally held the belt before. Um, so this is a, a, a former champion. Anytime that you can beat someone who has held the belt, it's a big, big feather in your cap. Tell him about it, Theo. How big a feather. Oh, you. Hey, hey. Ain't no kitties. Ain't no kitties here. Hey, are you Theo? Theo. Yeah. That's Josh. That's Daddy. Josh. That's Ryan. Yeah. Good job, son. Right now we're talking about Sean O'Malley and Peter Young. Good job. High five. High five. You want to pound it? You pound it for me? Wow. Good job. What a big boy. But so. Uh, yeah. Sonny boy, you going to let Daddy? You going to let Daddy do the podcast? Um, <laughs> it's not up to it. It's not his priority right now at all. Hey, that's enough of that. But so stylistically, I think that it's a good matchup for Sean O'Malley. He's like a kickboxer, right? And that means that he's going to be able to effectively strike from a from a further out range, right? And I feel as though. Sean O'Malley's footwork is really, really good. And Sean O'Malley is not going to be someone who you can wrangle into a corner of the octagon very effectively. And I know that uh, a lot of the times the way that Peter Yan's able to do that is because he's winning the footwork battle. And so I guess the thing that I'm trying to communicate here is that I believe that Sean, with him having the advantage out at range will have more room and time to win the footwork battle because the footwork positioning that he wants to work from is further out, right? He's always going to be a step ahead because he's trying to stay out of kicking range. So it's always going to be on Peter to close that distance, right? And so that's he's always having to play from a step behind. And so when you're having to play from a step behind against a guy whose footwork is as good as Sean O'Malley's, I think it's a, a recipe for disaster, right? Now, that being said... I don't necessarily know if Sean O'Malley hits hard enough to slow Peter Yan down, right? That being said, Sean O'Malley does have some really impressive knockouts. The way that he starched Eddie Wineland was absolutely incredible. Um, and no one's ever done that to Eddie Wineland. And so he, he definitely has some special power. Uh, and so I guess the, the thing that's more suspect here isn't necessarily Sean's power rather it's uh Peter's granite chin you know I, I don't think there's any question that Sean can hit hard I think the question is just how granite is Peter Yawn's chin because I don't think that I've seen yeah. Peter Yawn sincerely hurt in the octagon once yet and so uh it's going to be interesting to see what, what happens whenever these two guys uh, meet up in the octagon. Uh, I know that Peter Yan is a 
master of sport in boxing in Russia, which is like effectively the the highest honor that you can get. It's like being a a Golden Gloves champion plus some, you know, if that if that makes. Yeah, well, it's you know the the Russian the Russian government or whoever over there has been like, hey, you're like as good at boxing as you can get, type shit, basically. And so, <clears throat> you know, if if Peter Young can get Sean O'Malley hemmed up in the corners of the of the octagon, I believe that it could be a really good night for him at the office. But uh, that's yet to be seen. That was an awkward noise just came out of the hallway, right? Might be, might be Noe out there just like pumping himself up, doing like some Tim Robbins, yeah, some some like sacred chi breathing, getting himself hyped for the last 15 minutes of the podcast. Also, I think it's important to note that Noe's prostate is in perfect health right now because this is not a short piss this has been like the longest piss that anyone's ever taken it's the austin powers piss there you go you know the wepa wepa uh one of the funniest scenes involving piss in any movie i've ever saw was a. Uh, it was like a scary movie or something and they were ripping off of uh they were ripping off of signs and I think it was like Charlie Sheen's weird ass um, was pissing and something moved out of frame and he literally stopped pissing midstream to lean back and look and then leans forward and starts pissing again. And it's like, bro, no way. My, my dick, my dick would explode if I ever tried to do something like that. Yeah, straight up jaundice all over immediately. So... The fight that I was just talking about, which I was able to get my thoughts out on, which I what I'd like to hear on your end are your thoughts on the Peter Yawn and Sean O'Malley fight. Okay, <clears throat> that one, with the exception of the loss of Cheeto, which is like, had he not got that leg injury, you know, whatever, how would that fight really have gone? I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to take any credit away from Cheeto Vera. I don't, yeah, exactly. Because, Especially I mean, what he's I mean, done lately. Well, I mean, you know, you you see people like wind up and throw a big shot to the chin and knock someone out. Well, he did that to his foot. Yeah, that's true. You know, like he he bit down on his mouthpiece. Son, hey, let me speak. Um, but he bit down on his mouthpiece and threw a big leg kick and hurt him, and you know, and that compromised him as a fighter, and that's that, you know. And so it's not like it was an accident. If it was an accident, I'd feel different about it, but he got injured because Cheeto intentionally hurt him. It's a fight. You know, it's how you win fights. And so uh, Cheeto won that fight fair and square, and, and I think that it does need to be counted. But there's no shame in losing to Cheeto Vera, right? Cheeto Vera's a beast. <clears throat> we all see what Cheeto is doing these days. Make a great point, man. It's hard to argue that. Um, yeah, I guess that's the one, like, you kind of have to, like... Yeah, you're right, man. Like with what Cheeto's done, it's it's hard to call that a fluke, you know. Especially, you know, lately beating Dominic Cruz, the people he's beat Frankie Edgar, he beat the fuck out of was it Rob Font? I believe so. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and or I mean, it DK? one of those two. He beat the fuck out of somebody. So, oh man, who was that? I I know he put the he beat the brakes off somebody very very badly. Um, but the point is that he's been a, on a tear. I mean, he knocked out Dominic Cruz. Well, I think he's the only guy to ever finish Dominic Cruz like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah. 
So yeah, yeah, it's, can't it's, take anything away from Cheeto. Yeah, um, I'll be honest. I kind of, I, I'm like on, a, like on, a, as a person, I don't like O'Malley. Like I fucking know him. Fucking the nerf. It's like I don't like him. He's a fucking dick. No, uh, I don't know. But it's I like just... he, he clearly has a persona that he's putting yeah, forward, right? Exactly. There's an entire like vibe and demeanor, right? He he fits into a into a category of people that you've met out there in the world. Everyone's met someone who Sean O'Malley reminds them of, right? And the people that Sean O'Malley reminds you of, you have bad experiences with, right? Yeah, it's like shitheads. Like yeah, exactly. But I mean, like as a fighter, it's like fuck. How can you like? You can't deny what the, what the kid's capable of, man. And what, I, he did, what he did to Eddie Wineland? Yeah, exactly. It was incredible. And, I, I mean, when the fuck have you ever seen um, Sean O'Malley get fucking, like, smacked clean square in the fucking face aside from the Cheeto fight? Like, when he was on his back. Yeah, like, he knows how to use his, his reach and his distance. He's evasive. So, for me, it's going to be, like, what's going to happen in the later rounds. And, um, like, Jan's a fucking beast, though. So, is is he going to hunt him down? Is he going to pressure on him? Like, O'Malley's not a dumb guy, you know? He, he he knows how to use his reach and his length and stuff. So, it's um it's an interesting fight, man. I think it's going to be a footwork battle. Yeah. It's I think it's going to come <clears throat> down to, can Peter Jan cut off the octagon and get Sean O'Malley backed into a corner of the octagon? Yeah. Or can Sean O'Malley keep circling and keep his back to the center of the octagon yeah. and keep the space that he wants. If, if they're if they're fighting in a phone booth where Peter Yawn wants it, Peter Yawn's going to win. If they're fighting out at range where Sean O'Malley wants it, Sean O'Malley's going to win. Yeah. And I think that that's all going to literally come down to footwork. Yeah, I, I just... Trying to see how it plays out in my head. Like, I... Uh, honestly, man, if I had to pick someone, I fucking hate to say it, but... I'm on paper, man. I, I would probably pick Sean for the upset. I'm picking Sean as well, but I think that uh, I think it's just because there's an advantage that Sean has by being a kickboxer versus a boxer, right? I think they both have fantastic footwork, and I think that if the impetus is on Peter to step in, right, Sean's always going to be a step ahead in the footwork battle. Yeah. Right. And so I just believe that if, if, if Sean O'Malley was trying to box Peter Yon, Peter Yon's footwork, would he'd, he'd run circles around him. But he's not trying to box. He's trying to kickbox. You know what I'm saying? And so he's just at a different range. And so every time that Peter ever even tries to step in, he's going to be able to take a step back and, re, and re, reassess and reset right yeah. the way that he wants to because – in order for Peter to even get into the range where he can start setting stuff up, he has to take a step in, right? And that's, you're already a step behind because you're having to take a step just to get to where you can start setting your stuff up the way you want to because you're having to step out from kicking range into punching range. And so that step in right there is an opportunity for Sean to either counter or to, to set his footwork where he wants it. And yeah. I just think that in the, in the game of chess that's being played there, if Sean's smart with it, he's always going to be operating from an advantageous position, just having the, the longer range and fighting as a kickboxer. So, One of the things that I think about when, uh, like with, with O'Malley, though, is, uh, I don't know, m most people might like just gloss over it, and you might be right to, but um, when he fought Andre Sukumtout, he uh, his like, leg got fucked up. And he was hobbling all, like on one leg, and then he had that injury with uh, Cheeto Vera. So, um, like, like again, it wasn't like he fucking got kicked. 
and you know, like it killed the nerve or whatever. And what are the chances of uh, of of Peter Yawn throwing <clears throat> throwing leg kicks like that? I don't think he's ever thrown leg kicks. I mean, aside from the fucking head kick he got on Faber, I I can't. He's thrown some good kicks, but it's not he's, part of his major repertoire, it's right? Boxing. He's a, He's a mixed martial artist. I'm certain he's got takedowns in his repertoire, too. Yeah. But no one's expecting him to go out and take down Sean O'Malley. Yeah. Right? Just like he's got leg kicks in his repertoire, but no one's expecting him to go out and leg kick Sean O'Malley. Right? And so, like, the, the, the places where we've seen Sean get caught in the past aren't the places where we're going to see Peter putting in that work. Yeah. yeah. Unless Peter uh, is smart and decides to do that, right? But I think <laughs> that Peter's kind of want to... Uh, I get the distinct impression that he's kind of a bullheaded guy and he wants to go in there and do... He wants to go in there and fight Peter's fight, you know, and I think that that's not going to be the way to beat Sean O'Malley. I think you're going to have to you're going to have to adapt a little bit, and uh, you know. But again, I don't know his I don't know his training. I don't know what he has going on. I'd love to see if he went out there and leg kicked Sean O'Malley and folded Sean O'Malley up the way Cheeto Vera did. I'd go ape shit. I'd be so pumped. Like I, I I'm all I'm all for it. Out. I'm all for it. It's just if I'm being honest about how i see it going in my mind right i just see sean o'malley piecing him up from the outside and winning the footwork battle and winning a winning probably a unanimous decision i think that probably be a three two in favor of sean you know i think that like peter's definitely going to lose the first round because peter loses the first round in every fight i've ever seen him fight and then I think that Sean will be able to ride that wave for the second and third, and then Peter will probably finally start turning the corner and start. Once Sean starts Wait, to slow down in the championship fight? rounds, this is a com- this is a five round co-main? No, it's not. So it's only a three round fight. So oh. there, you, so there you go. Oh, so damn, it's only a three round fight. So there you go. I mean, if if Peter loses that first round like he typically does, because he's a, he's used to fighting boxing fights that are twelve rounds and doing championship fights, he he loses that first round. And Sean O'Malley can keep that momentum and win the second round, and Peter Peter win the third round. I I could see it being a twenty nine twenty eight for Sean O'Malley, um, for sure. But the longer the fight goes, the more it goes into Peter Yon's favor because the harder it's going to be for Sean O'Malley to keep moving backwards and generating power while he's moving backwards and doing all that movement. But with it being a three round fight, I feel like that. I feel like that. As funny as it may seem, I, I feel like it being a three round fight even tilted in Sean O'Malley's favor even more. Of course, yeah, because he's only going to do so much for so long. Yeah, exactly. So, and now it's, it, he can put that much more effort into 15 minutes of staying on his horse yeah. as opposed to 25. You know what I'm saying? So, the next fight on the card is uh, Benil Dariush versus Matus Gamro. Man, this Gamro's a beast. Honestly, guys are both beasts. Have you seen Gamro fight? No, I know he had that one main event. Like, yeah, his uh, most recent main event. I can't remember the other guy's name. The other guy was another guy like Gamro who had a fantastic record but has like a name no one really knows. Yeah. And uh, and he won a, 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 a decision against him. Um, I don't know who wins this one. Uh, I know that I've been a big fan of how Benil's been fighting. Um, Benil, it seems a couple of years ago, really kind of turned a corner. Hey, hey, we're not singing, we're not singing alphabets right now. <laughs> um, but there was definitely a point where Benil decided consciously, and he even spoke about this in interviews, where he decided consciously that he was okay with putting himself in more fifty-fifty positions. Right, he was fighting, and he was always trying to, if he was entering into a position, be in the advantageous position, and was never trying to be in like 
the wrong position ever. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So he could never get caught and shit like that. And now he's realized that he's got to put himself in some of these 50-50 spots where he can shoot his shot to get some to get his knockouts and stuff. And that's why he started getting more knockouts. That's why his fights have started getting more flashy and it's been a little more fun to watch. Right? And so, um, I don't know who to pick. Yeah, that's that's the that's the God's honest truth on this one. My my heart keeps telling me Neil Dariush because I've been enjoying watching him fight a lot. My brain keeps telling me to pick Gamro because he's young and on the come up, right? It like clearly Benil's the older fighter here, and there's something about being the young buck on the come up that makes it to where people want to bet on you. And there's part of me that really wants to bet on Gamro for being the young guy on the come up right now. Yeah. But also, like in in my heart, right, I feel like it's Benil's fight. Hmm. He's uh, becoming like pretty. Uh... Son, hey. Hey, that's enough of that. What I didn't realize is how like good of a grappler that guy was. Who, Benil? Yeah. Oh yeah. Fucking you know, that was his, that was his thing for the longest. That's why that's why I wasn't a fan of him for the like like before that switch that I was talking about where he started putting himself in more 50-50 spots. Yeah, he's a King's MMA dude, right? He, I don't, I'm not sure, but I just know that before you know years ago he was pretty much always just grappling and it was and it wasn't as much fun. And now he's gotten to where he's doing a lot more crazy stuff in the octagon. Like the Drakkar close fight. Yeah, that was a fun fight. Yeah, he holds a, a win over, like, um, two wins over uh, Diego Ferreira. Yeah. You know who that is? Yeah. Carlos Diego. That guy actually trains a bunch of my buddies. Oh, neat. Yeah, like, in my neck of the woods, like, where I'm from, he um, uh, he has his gym out there in Far Texas, and, uh, like, um, a lot of the guys that I've trained with, uh, they're now in at his gym. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. That's pretty wild. Unfortunately, I never got to cross paths with him, you know, but a lot of, like, my friends trained with him now. And then, again, another guy that my buddy George fought. Yeah, so. Damn. Yeah. Your buddy George fought everybody. George fought everybody, bro. George just fucking fought everybody, dog. Yeah. Shout out, George. Shout out, George. Hard. <laughs> George of the jungle. His fucking last name's Cortez, and his fucking uh, fight name was Hard. George Hard Core. <laughs> oh my god! The guys in the gym would always give not the guys, but the fucking the 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 gym when I trained out of they'd always give him shit about it. Yeah, that's funny, dude. That's yeah. really funny. George's good, dude. Yeah, shout out George, dude. George's good on the podcast. <laughs> uh, wherever you're at, buddy. He's he's a he's a, he's a cool dude, man. He's fucking like uh, not to change subjects, talk too much. They just fucking like. Um, no, how dare you have a flowing conversation on the podcast, I motherfucker. Know. Well, the nerve. Yeah, not to go off on a tangent, but fucking George, he was like, uh, I think he got recognized among, like, they're back uh, where we're from for, like, being one of the early guys to, like, really, like, be competing in MMA, like, in that neck of the woods being and stuff. An, being an MMA pioneer yeah, yeah, in cause his area? He, yeah, because, shit, when I started training in MMA was, like, 2011, and he was, like, in his early 30s, and he had been fighting since he was 17. So yeah, yeah. So he was he was definitely an early adopter. For yeah, sure. exactly. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, man, he fucking he taught me how to throw my jab and shit. Fucking pop your shoulder more and bet. Anyways, yeah. But yeah, dude, those are good times. Fuck. Um, but where was I? Yeah, dude. It's um, 
I don't really know too much about Gamro. Um, I know he had just that main event, and after like checking the headlights and seeing results, yeah, like the, there was a lot of people were like, "Man, great technical fight!" Blah, all these guys, you know. But I never went back and, and checked the fight out. And uh, oh, I highly recommend it. It's a good fight. No shit. I, I'm yep. usually a lot better about that. I usually follow up and be like, "Oh shit." Yeah, I've got Fight Pass, bro. I go back and I actually have a list of all the best fights that I've ever seen. Like, no I, I keep I keep a best fights list, got like 250 fights on it. Not to straight off subject. But what's your top five? Oh, man. I mean, my number one would probably have to be Forrest Griffin, Stefan Bonner. Really? Yeah, I mean, just because of the historical significance and the significance that it had for me as a... Not the most technical. Son, come <laughs> here. Son, come here. Theodore, come over here. Come here. Yeah. Um, And then uh, the two fights between Robbie Lawler and Rory McDonald. Oh, yeah. Those are two legendary fights. Um. Man, the Darren Elkins, Mursad Bektik comeback. Oh, yeah. Okay. That was incredible. Uh, and then, you know, there's so many epic moments, bro. Um, I mean, Juliana Pena beating fucking, uh, beating the Lioness was crazy. One of my favorite fights, dude. And, like, I, fuck, no one really gives a fuck about this fight. But it, the thing was, it was on, uh. Like, I think it used to be the Facebook prelims. Yeah, back in the day. Yeah, yeah it might have been a Facebook prelim. That's how far back it goes, like, which is not really that far. Like, on the fucking grand, like, you know, like, uh, but anyways, um, uh, or it might have been a five past one. Regardless, it was that, the early, early prelim. It was um, uh, uh, fucking Marcos Polo Reyes versus... Oh, I know exactly uh, what you're talking about. Huh? Yeah. Maestro? Yeah. Dude. That's on my list. Dude. That's on my list, bro. That's one of my favorite fucking fights. Yeah, bro. That's such a good fight. What's the guy's name? D- Maestro Dung Young Kim. I, I guarantee. <laughs> I guarantee you, this fight's on my list. I remember. I remember putting Marco Polo Reyes on my list. Um, I mean, he couldn't have been on the list more than twice. I don't think anyone's made it on my list more than twice. Um, you know, any anything with Justin Gaethje is fun. Oh yeah. You know, Justin Gaethje, Michael uh, Michael Johnson. Johnson. That was fun. His debut fight. Yeah. Yeah, Justin Gaethje uh, and. Uh, the dude that uh, Connor slept, who went to one championship and got slept again. Uh, Alvarez. Yeah, Alvarez. That was a fun fight. Uh, man, so many. There's so many just epic, epic, epic moments in the UFC, bro. That uh, you, you can't even start to. You can't even start. My head starts to swim the moment I start trying to put together a list like that, bro. I could, I could, I could talk for days about Mac Rice versus Dennis Bermudez yeah that's a good one yeah bro you know fucking Mac Rice died what yeah he became a cop he retired he became a cop and he, I think he's dead dude almost certain he's fucking dead oh my god you know who's a guy that I, I fucking just a fucking like sucks the way his career fucking ended how long we been going cool is um fuck's his name TJ Grant he went back to working in fucking coal mines because of concussions. Oh, he got in no. training. Oh no! Yeah, and he was supposed to fight. And he was so he was a, he had like a lot of a lot of potential. Yeah, he he had just beat um, <clears throat> Gray Maynard. He had just beat Gray Maynard after Gray Maynard had uh, Gray Maynard. I think had just came off the fight with with Frankie Edgar, like the third one. That's enough. So it was like title, you know, like it's for title contender like the uh contendership yeah and um 
And then TJ Grant knocks him out. And then he's scheduled to fight fucking um, Benson Henderson when he was champ at lightweight in the UFC. Yeah. And then he has to pull the fuck out because of a fucking... Um, Concussions. Uh, concussion, yeah, concussions he suffered in training. And he had to go back to work in the fucking coal mines. Imagine that shit. Like, working the coal mines. Like, yeah, man, like, I, I was a contender. I could have been somebody. You give me that fucking, you know? Or people around you be like, dude, you should go back. And it's like, fuck you, my health. Well, like, it's hard to be like, fuck you, my health, when you're working in the coal mines. That's, <laughs> Jesus. Like, I didn't take that into consideration. Like, bro, you just went from concussions to black lung. Cool. Like, yeah. you're... Like you make make better health choices. You know what the you know what the lesson there is? Go to fucking school. Yeah. Like don't don't work in the coal mines or have to fight for a living. You Fuck. know that's I know no shit because that, that's a, that's like a that's being stuck between a rock and a hard place right there. I also don't think he was making enough money, so he was just like fuck, like you know. Yeah, there's good money. You, you, there's good money in the trades. People don't realize how much money there is in trades. Yeah. But moving forward, uh, so that's the wrap on 280. Uh, I do want to talk about uh, the fight cards that are coming up between uh, 280 and 281. So there's a fight night, Cater versus Allen. Um, Calvin Cater and Arnold Allen. Arnold Allen's 18-1, and one, bro. Holy shit. Yeah, and he's a super great wrestler. Uh, I, think it's a, I think it's a bad matchup. I mean, so anybody who's that good at wrestling is going to be a tough matchup for just about anybody. So, uh, And, you know... Uh, Calvin Cater comes from money, uh, and that makes him scarier to me. Really? Yeah, like the fact that, like most guys are out here, it's like fighting for scraps because they're starving, and this guy's like, no, I I'm doing just fine. I just really like to fucking beat people's asses. What, what's his like his upbringing? I have no idea. I was, this is something that came up in conversation. I might be full of shit. But something that came up in conversation, uh, and someone brought it up to me, and I was like, wow, that's good for him go 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 calvin cater doesn't need to what people's ass just really likes to like what a fucking savage yeah and so him and arnold allen is going to be a good fight there's also tim means and max griffin on the same card Dude, i fucking love tim means dirty bird Dude, yeah. anybody anybody who's a real fight fan loves tim means bro i'm not gonna i met fucking kevin holland after that fight after the tim means fight bro how interesting a character is kevin holland he uh he didn't say much He's just taking his photos with the fans there to meet and greet at fucking after the fight. But I remember telling him, like, man, bro, I nothing against you, you know, like, I'm a Kevin Holland fan, but I'm a big Tim Means fan. I just, he's so fucking technical. He's so crisp at what he does. He, everything is clean. His hands are where they're supposed to be. He's, fuck, bro, to watch that guy fight is fucking beautiful. Any any position he's in, he's fucking hitting you. You know, when he's at boxing range, he's boxing, pop, 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 pop. He's in kicking range. He's kicking you as soon as he fucking closes distance, and you know you've cowered, and then he's committed to a shot, and then he's all of a sudden in clinch range. You're in a clinch, and he's hitting you with elbows or knees. It's just every time, whatever position he's in, he's always in the right position. That yeah. too. He he doesn't like over. He doesn't overextend on his shots. Like everything to me, he's just one of the most technical guys. It's such a fucking shame that his career's always been this, and also that he's fucking old, dude. Well, I mean, that's just life in the UFC, bro. Like, it, like, just, bro, it's a shark tank. He made fucking Masvidal wrestle. Yeah. Masvidal's debut fight was against Tim Means. And I remember, like, because I was a Masvidal fan, I remember seeing him fight on Strikeforce, and I loved Masvidal. I'm not really happy with what he's done lately. I feel like, like, he's letting a lot of shit get his head, you know? And it's kind of hard not to when you're that fucking, you become that big, you know? But, um, what was he going to say? So I was excited when Masvidal came over. 
And yeah. I remember thinking, like, fuck, dude, like, that's a tough first matchup, like, for him. Like, because Timmy's ain't no fucking slouch. And no. then he turned him into a fucking wrestler. If you watch the highlights of that fight, Masaru is getting pieced up by Tim Means. And that guy's ridiculously fucking long and, and, and you know, and tall. And yeah, I mean, who pieces up who pieces up Jorge Masvidal? I mean, no. back then, like, but yeah, but now, like, yeah, he doesn't look great. Which, <laughs> man, that knockout Kamara Usman put on him, that's like video game shit. The way he knocked the sweat off him. Yeah. That was insane. Some movie shit, bro. That was hard to watch. Yeah. Uh, so the, the next fight night between... 280 and 281 following Cater versus Allen is well, it's supposed to be Bryce Mitchell versus Masvar Azvilov, um, but you, that you got canceled. And so now it's just showing Neil Magny versus Daniel Rodriguez, which Neil Magny, legend in the sport, dude's got as many wins as or more wins at welterweight than GSP. Oh, wow, that's an interesting stat. Yeah, and then uh. Daniel Rodriguez, I mean, Daniel Rodriguez has been on a tear. I keep, Daniel Rodriguez is a guy who I keep betting against and he keeps proving me wrong. People think Leach won the last fight. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He just keeps proving me wrong. Like, he just keeps winning. Um, and then it, we go to 281, which is going to be Israel versus Alex Bahia, which that's a fun fight. Oh, shit. Uh, Carlos Esparza versus Wei Li Zhang. Justin Poirier, Michael Chandler. <laughs> Man, Dan Hooker versus Claudio Puez. Yeah, this is the 281 is going to be a fun, fun card. Not, not um, to go back, but didn't Arnold knock out fucking the Kiwi Hooker? Uh, I don't think he uh, knocked him out. I think he choked him, or I think he put him in like a key lock, something. He he made quick work of him. Yeah, he made quick work of him. Dan Hooker is another one of those guys who. Uh, the UFC has not been friendly to him. Like, bro, all of his fights are against guys who are, like, on three or four fight win streaks. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but he, 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 he became part of that, like, that echelon, you know? I mean, yeah, he's yeah. got a knockout win over fucking Burns. Oh, I mean, at some point, you, you either you either start winning or you start gatekeeping, one of the two. And he's he's at this point gatekeeping. The boy's tired. Yeah, he is. But, uh... I mean, Israel Adesanya, Alex Pahea, that's, I mean, that has history. That's going to be a crazy fun fight. What do you think about that one? Your brief rundown. Uh, you know, I can't pick against Izzy. Izzy's my guy. He's a big, he's a big, uh, anime dork. I'm a big anime dork. <laughs> um, he's a sweetheart. I, I, I love everything about Israel Adesanya. Uh, Alex, he's the type who, like, raises kids that mock his opponent, right? Like, his kid literally like acted like he was knocked out next to Israel Adesanya uh, whenever he knocked him out. Yeah, so I mean, like, yeah, Alex Pahea's kid that pretended like he was knocked out whenever, uh, whenever uh, Alex Pahea knocked out um, Israel Adesanya. And so there's just Damn. like a lack of respect over there, like generally, I think, in that camp. And so there's just like several like subtle little things that make me not want to pick Alex Pahea, right? He looks me as fuck. Yeah, he, he definitely looks like a mean human being, right? Um, <laughs> looks like a criminal. Right? Uh, he, he, uh, yeah, yeah, dude. Izzy, Izzy's my guy, and I can't pick against him. Between him being an anime dork and him being a sweetheart and him being the guy who's been holding it down in MMA between these two, that's definitely my dude. But uh, what Alex Pahea did to... Uh, Strickland? Yeah, it was incredible. That hurt me, bro. I like Strickland. 
Yeah. Crazy bastard. In fact, he used to be a fucking neo-Nazi, apparently. Oh, I mean... He's cool now. <laughs> oh, I mean, he's... That's, that's cool. <laughs> that's not cool. It's really not cool at all. Like, earlier I was like, I don't fuck with... <laughs> earlier I was like, I don't fuck with KGB Lee because she fucks with guys who rock swastikas. So, you know, it. That's, that's not like a polite way to be. She and, if you listen to, and if you listen to his interviews, that's not surprising. He's definitely like a shithead. Yeah, but he's 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 been open about. It. He's like, yeah, I fucked up when I was a kid. I was in the wrong fucking circles, and I used to like th- believe in this shit. But he's got like you know he's he's got black friends now. He's he's past all sure, that. Sure, good for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like good for him. I'm just saying like you can you can tell the guy's a shithead. Like you could I, tell. I, there, there, there's no denying that that guy is like. A knucklehead. I just love that he's authentically himself. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing that I I find endearing is that he's like unapologetically himself. And I don't. He's like he's like an American Bisbing, right? I've been saying that for a while. It's funny you say that. Not only do they kind of resemble each other, their fucking demeanor. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, we're we're super on the same page. That's so funny. You're the only other person I've ever heard say that. But yeah, I feel that 100. percent um, he is way more likable than Bisbing though in this part of his career, where Bisbing people didn't appreciate him till like towards the fucking yeah, end. People didn't realize what was going on with that guy. Um, Carla Esparla, Carla Esparza, uh, and uh, we got Dustin Poirier, Michael Chandler. Nothing but great fights on two eighty one. Poirier and Chandler. That's gonna be a good one. What do you think about Connor being up at like one hundred ninety pounds? Oh man, I think that guy's got too much fucking money and too much free time. I, I don't, I don't think he knows what the fuck he wants to do. Cause, bro, how do you just sit off like to the side and make all these crazy claims about, like, he wants to fight this person and that? I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know what the fuck to say about that guy, man. Honestly, he just, he's got too much money, too much free time, and I think he's a shell of, uh, of his former self as far as like a competitor goes. It's, I don't think he'll ever be champion at one seventy. Fuck no, dude. There's no fucking way. Yeah, I think, like, I think he gets eaten alive at one seventy. Oh yeah, dude. Let's see. Uh, name somebody in the top ten. You think takes him out? Like, like as as, as like as far low as we can go. Let's see. I mean, let's look up the UFC rankings. UFC welter. Because I mean, I don't think there's many people. I mean, Leon Edwards. I don't like that matchup. Kamaru Usman, Kamaru Usman eats him. Colby Covington eats him. Oh, Kamzat yeah. Shimiev eats him. Gilbert oh. Byrne eats him. Bilal Muhammad eats him. You think Bilal? Bilal Muhammad would wrestle fuck Conor McGregor. It would be the most boring fight, but he would absolutely get a unanimous decision. Go on. Might even get a 10 8. Uh, Jeff Neal, I mean, he might stand a chance against Jeff Neal, right? But, uh, I mean, Jeff Neal uh, put to sleep Mike Perry and he, put to, and he put to sleep Vicente Luque. And so. I mean, and those are two guys who had never been finished before. Those are both guys who he finished for the first time. Nico. And so I don't think that Connor's chin is going to stand up to Jeff Neal. I fucking love Jeff Neal. I think he's great. Yeah. He's me, a, he, actually follow, he actually follows his podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. Hey, shout out Jeff Neal. That's my guy. Every time. Dog, you, Texas, yeah, me Texas. as I, his first fight. No, not his first fight, but I remember one of the fights I first saw him fight was uh, he fought Frank Camacho and knocked him the fuck out. And uh, since then, like, uh, me and a buddy, one of the guys that I always shoot the shit with about MMA, 
uh, he's like, did you see that Jeff Yo guy? And I was like, yo, dude, he's our boy. <laughs> yeah. We just like claimed him as our boy and shit. Like every anytime he fights, we're always like, do you see our boys fighting? It's like our boys fighting. Like, yeah, it's unspoken. We know immediately who the fuck we're talking about. That's fun. Jeff Neal. Um, you're the shit, bro. You're our fucking boy. You're our boy, Jeff. Uh, we got we got to get a sign up here. This is our boy. <laughs> I, well, I don't know. I feel comfortable calling a black guy a boy. I want that guy to see me in the streets and fuck me you've up. Heard, you've heard how subtly racist I've been throughout the podcast, I, bro. We can say that, whatever on here. I know. <laughs> You're going to get some hate mail. <laughs> yeah. Or, or I mean, I can deal with the hate mail. I don't want to get my ass kicked by Jeff Neal. Oh, you, bro. you call him boy, motherfucker? Jeff, bro, you're our, you're our boy. We love you to pieces, man. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a negative Spell thing. Spell with the nine. Spell we with the nine. We love you, man. We love you. That's, it's a term of endearment. Um, uh, but, but, yeah, dude. Uh, I, who else? Who uh, after? Jeff I mean, Neal? Sean Brady mm-hmm. would wrestle. Fuck him. Oh yeah, that that. Vicente Luque'd be a fun fight. Stephen that Thompson would. would be a fun fight. Oh man, Jorge Masvidal be a fun fight. But I mean, again, these are like the was fu- Masvidal ranked twelve or something? Number eleven. Okay. But so the fights start getting Shit. fun after like eight. They get fun. It's like ah, that could maybe Connor, but anything in the top five. Every one of the top five eats Conor McGregor for lunch. Yeah, dude. I mean, aside from, like, skill, like, sh- just sheer size alone, you know? So, what do you, when do you think they're going to get John Jones in? Uh, rumor is uh, December 28th. They were saying 282. 282 is when? I ain't sure what the date is on that. Uh, let's see, you said... The headlines lately have been December 28th or December, some, sometime in December, you're supposed to so fight Stipe. So, December 10th is 282. Okay, then I might have been off. So, but they, right now they're showing Yuri and Glover. But from what, from what I understand, they're basically telling Yuri that, like, hey, yeah, man, we got you preliminarily set here for that date. But if John Jones is here, like, you're gonna, we're gonna move. <laughs> you're gonna move to the next card. Yeah. Type shit. I mean, it's John Jones, right? I. Uh, How exciting is it to see that guy at heavyweight? Yeah, man. You know what? Um, it's crazy. A lot of people always make these claims about he's the greatest. He's the greatest. He's the greatest. It's. I mean, my personal opinion is it's hard for me to call that guy the greatest only because a lot of his wins are questionable, you know? Um, I mean, maybe, maybe some of his very most recent ones, maybe. Okay. But I mean, like, you know, him putting show, him putting the auto machine to sleep. Oh, all that, all that. Like he not, he, he literally wiped out that whole like generation of like, yeah. of like light heavyweights, that whole era of like light heavyweights. He wiped them the fuck out. All the guys that you saw come from Pride and the guys who were, like, the shit are coming up when, like, uh, Chuck Liddell was relevant. Like, he just fucking went, oh, yeah, Machida. Uh, I'm Shogun. 21 years old and I'm going to beat your fucking ass. Yeah, dude. I'm 23, but, I mean, fucking whatever. It sucked. He was a fucking kid, you know? Young and out there whooping ass. Dude, yeah, like, fuck, dude, like. If, if I was in the gym and like one, tw- some like twenty one, twenty two year old kid was whooping my ass, uh, it would I'd feel pretty fucking discouraging, you know. <laughs> like, can it happen? Of course. I train with a lot of guys; they get the better of me. And then I'm like, "How old are you?" I'm twenty four. I'm like, "Fuck!" I'm like, I ain't shit. I really ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine if imagine the fucking reality check John Jones would give you. Yeah, they're sparring me. They're taking the light on me. Imagine getting your fucking ass whooped like with hitting you with bad intention. Like Jesus yeah, Christ, one to hurt you. Yeah, yeah, you think like, ah, oh, he's twenty three. What could he possibly do? You know, like I'm, I'm a fucking, you know, thirty year old grown man. Yeah, I'm, I'm the champ. I've been here. This kid's just showing up, and then you get fucking annihilated. Ish. Anything else happening in the world of MMA that's on your mind? You want to talk about? I know, uh, 
Aspen Ladd got cut. Now she's in PFL. Yeah, so she's, uh, I think she's gonna try to fight at uh, featherweight, which she's I'm pretty try sure. And go give Kayla Harrison a challenge. Yeah, I mean, good I mean, luck. I'm not, su- yeah, no shit. But I'm not surprised they signed her 145, especially like where? What the fuck else was she gonna do? Honestly, no one's gonna take her as a bantamweight. She wasn't making the weight, dog. No, no. So they would be like, "Fuck you! We'll sign you 45. Fight this chick. You people want to see you get your ass. Well, probably." God damn, Kayla Harrison's <clears throat> a fucking animal. Who else? What Kayla Harrison walk in this room and beat all four of our asses all at once. I'll tell you hard. what. If Kayla Harrison walked in this room, I would do my best to shove you into her so that y'all would be fighting, and I would just try and like scamper out, bro. I would just. Um, I don't know. I would simp. <laughs> I would <laughs> try and get that Amazon nookie, bro. Yeah, fucking, why not? Fucking, so you're gonna fuck her? She's gonna fuck me, bro. She would fuck you up figuratively <laughs> and literally. And on that note, guys, I think us simping over Kayla Harrison is a perfectly appropriate place to end the podcast. Noe, thank you again so much for coming on. Oh yeah, man. Uh, give yourself thank one you. final shout out to the camera so that anybody who wants to find you online and support you in any way can. Hell yeah, I fucking I warm the one shirt that still fits me. I gained a lot of fucking weight these past couple of months. It's all right. Living healthy, man. Living, living good. Oh fuck Enjoy that, yourself. bro. I'm having trouble sleeping. You can find. <laughs> Fucking sleep bag just kicking my ass, bro. Jesus Christ. I'm only fucking 40 pounds overweight. Looks good. Um, <clears throat> you can dad find me. Uh, yeah. Huh? What? I said the dad bot is in. Oosh, I don't know, dog. I, I'm too fucking short, bro. I'm stout. So this shit don't look good. I got. I don't know. I got to shed a few. Bro, I'm going like, to tell you right now. You're big, motherfucker. I'm going to tell you right now. If there's a market for people who want to fuck me, there's a market for, there's a market for people who want to fuck you. There's, ah. a market, there's a market for people who want to fuck midgets, okay? Like, ah, bro, let's just be I'm, real, bro. I'm in between, though. Just, I'm kind of fucked. Listen, bro, you just need to be the most, like, the best version of yourself that you can be, right? Because there's going to be someone who comes along who thinks you're perfect. And you just need to be, like, ready to receive that. Yeah, right? dude, you know, my, my, like... Ron Jeremy crushed tons of pussy, bro. And that guy Ron like Jeremy's senile weasel. and going to jail, and, bro. And he looks like a weasel, okay? So if that... Like skinny whisker having ass motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't pussy. have like a nine inch hog. You can lie about that. You can at least. You can and at the, least like get it then, in and then be like, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I told you. I told Maybe. you how to Ron Jerry dick, but it turns out it's not a normal guy dick. Normal. You got comfortable wiener. I think. I think. Yeah, I'm five four. So I think more than anything, they're like, oh, okay, that's. It's not bad. I. Ex- it's better than what I expected. You know. Well, you like, know see, the thing is that. Is you could have a six inch hog and it would look massive on your tiny little frame, and I could have a six that, inch hog and it would look tiny on my massive frame. That's so the point. That's my point. Yeah, that's yeah. why I like for five four. Say, like, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this thing right here is gonna do all right tonight. Yeah, but, but nah, my fucking dude, my game is always just to make girls laugh. Like that's 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 my that's my always been my angle is like, and then let them talk. Hey, what are you into? What are you? Oh, like? bro, my game is to be completely oblivious and let it fall into my lap when it falls into my lap. If I'm so lucky. Oh shit, that rhymes a grape. No, um, <laughs> now nah, yeah, I just fucking try to make girls laugh and. Uh, bro, if letting it fall into my lap rhymes with grape, then goddamn, I'm. I don't know what doesn't rhyme with grape these days. You going to jail? No, <laughs> I'm uh, definitely going to jail. Where I'm gonna get graped all day? Yeah, dude. I just I just work the fucking trying to make girls. Just trying to, I just try to make girls laugh, bro, and uh, and hope they're drunk enough to let go of their inhibitions. And it's like, <laughs> hey, you got to go home now. Well, hey, and, uh, maybe there's one listening to the podcast looking for a fucking five foot four, super funny dude who talks about MMA. 
Hell yeah. All right. Uh, find me on social media. Uh, uh, N-O-E-L-O-P-E-Z-S-T-X. Uh, my Instagram. Uh, don't fuck with my uh, Facebook. Theo. Come here, son. Theo. Hospital is here. Theo. Come here, son. <clears throat> Can you say bye-bye? Bye. Bye. There you go. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.